0: The 2022 NFL Combine is in the books. We'll discuss the fast track in Indy. We'll discuss some players who maybe have solidified themselves higher and higher as possible. Browns draftees, some players where the weekend didn't go so great for them at the Combine. All this and more on your latest Locked On Browns.
1: You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast.
0: Welcome back my friends to the show that never ends your daily delivery of all things dog pound lgb on the lob the lockdown browns podcast brought to you by the lockdown podcast network your team every day your host jeff lloyd at jeff underscore lj underscore lloyd show itself at lockdown browns follow back account appreciate everybody makes lockdown browns their first listen day in day out. Whatever podcast platform you use, make sure you're following or subscribe to the Lockdown Browns podcast. Leave those five star ratings and written reviews, please, and thank you. I going to sit down here today with Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith at underscore Pete Smith underscore, uh, breaking down the 2022 NFL Combine. Um, some impressiveness, um, obviously. You know, a lot of you know athletes testing very well, but we're going to get to that first here and start right here. Um, Pete, I see it from Lance early this morning and a couple other things. Um, when we're talking about the fact that basically every positional group, Pete, tested better than any previous positional group ever at the NFL Combine, um, I, I, I don't necessarily know what to do with that. Um, the Combine obviously was not in Indy in 2021. It was there obviously 2020, uh, the COVID year of 2021. There was no Combine. But, Pete, it's hard to believe in that amount of time the evolution of athletics. And, look, players are getting more athletic just in general. I mean, there's no denying that. Um, But this seems like – and we talked about this, Pete, several times over the weekend here where it just doesn't seem right, and it's very, very weird. You know, we started off early with the wide receiver where there were these blazing times. Then they were adjusted lower, and now we're to the point where – you know, the times were high and they're getting adjusted lower. We don't normally see 40 times get adjusted to being lower times. I I think the whole, as far as even the, the the forties, the whole thing just seemed to be, you know, uh, I I don't want to say a force, but certainly, certainly not (laughs) well done. Certainly not, you know, perfect by any means whatsoever.
1: Well, I I think for the most part, Um, the athletic testing was pretty consistent except for the 40. So jumping the guys who did agility, all five of them seemingly in the entire combine, those are pretty normal. Um, it's, it's not until you get to the 40 time that things get out of whack. So to me, it seems like if you're, if you're taking any way, anything from it, it would be that that the the 40s the, the the most problematic or or i perhaps the most um, figured out of the testing um uh, the thing that people seem to be able to improve at the most which has been a trend anyway um we've seen especially bigger guys like defensive linemen and offensive linemen um improve sort of in leaps and bounds in in the in recent years um but i, I don't think we saw you know, other than Jordan Davis uh, l- jumping, that was like super out of whack. So, like, I think some of those tests are still useful. Um, I think overall, this is probably the least informative combine I've ever seen um, in terms of actually helping you really um, narrow down who's really athletic and who isn't. Um, I, there's certainly a few players you can cross off the list for the bronze at thirteen. Traylon Burks, you can, he'd done. Um, but like for the most part, I, I don't know that you got that much in terms of like really being able to separate people at the top. I know at some, on some level, you know, fast is fast. If you ran past a certain time, you're fine. Uh, I think getting up into the whole, you know, was it four, four, three, five or four, three, seven, like that type of stuff. I don't care at that point. They're fast, but um I think when it comes to this and the data that we don't have, which includes like uh, the GPS stuff and, and, and some of the other, other uh, innovations that teams have access to that we don't, um, you basically go back to the tape. Um, A lot, I think a lot of this is going to be, I don't want to say thrown out, but maybe discounted in a little bit. Uh, If if you don't see it on the tape, um, you're probably not going
0: to care that it happened at the combine. I, I think, and that's maybe where it's going to be tough to to with in speaking about this because there's going to be some players who did, you know, test commensurate to what people thought they were going to. Then there's going to be some who didn't. Um, you know, did was it a fast track? Obviously, it appears that it was a fast track. Um, you know, if you're any one of these prospects, <laughs> I'm not running a pro day. <laughs> no, no. I, why would I? Um, I, pretty much. By no, the way, life. go ahead. Um, I. I am a little bit worried
1: about pro day. Um, if you got a bunch of wonky like times out of the combine and all, all of a sudden like pro days look sort of pedestrian according like comparatively, I'm curious how that hits. Like if a guy, you know, and, and this this obviously assumes that the combine times were, were, were messed up. Um, if guys are running like four fours and four fives, um, at, at receiver or something compared to guys that were running four four threes and stuff, um, you know. Obviously, everybody, you know, from a team standpoint, t- teams are going to take their own times. It's, I don't, I don't think it's going to have that big of a difference. But from like a, a perception of fans and stuff of the, that nature, I'm very curious to see how that goes. Like, if you know, there's some schools like LSU. You run 37 yards, you'll be fine but um, <laughs> some of the other, some of these others where I think we're going to see some, like, we may see some pedestrian looking times and, and, and throw, you know, discount guys that we probably shouldn't based on, based on com- contrasting it against the combine.
0: It's certainly interesting. um, And, you know, you know, lead to more, you know, in a deeper process and we'll see the way pro days even work um, as far as, you know, cause if you're one of these guys, I gotta be honest. I mean, you know, I'm not running again if I clock this perfect time here. So, um, we'll see how that goes. We're going to get to uh, tons more here. Obviously, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We're going to get to a couple of positions of importance here as far as the Cleveland Browns, uh, as far as the 2022 NFL draft. Again, 2022 NFL combine in Indianapolis is in the books. Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith, your host, Jeff Lloyd, in the house here as we are going to sit down break it all down for you. Built Bar, folks. This is the time of the year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a re- resolution because I really enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on some, on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon-y churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorites. All built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, the Puffs are included 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. Typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com. Scroll down the macros chart. You will be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams, and I'm sorry, four net carbs and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it, it will be delicious, and it'll certainly be good for you. At Bilt Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they seem to pull it off every time. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15. For 15% off at built.com. Pete, everybody was waiting, you know, late Saturday afternoon, early Saturday evening to get their eyes on this uh, defensive line class. Um, You know, you get something absolutely bananas with a guy like Jordan Davis running uh, 484, was it 478 at some watches, whatever it was. Um, Then you get into, and look, all these Georgia kids, all of them. Tested through the stick and roof. on um, the well, safety not sign. All of them. Uh, who Pete? Who are you ready for? Go ahead. nikobe Dean, uh not a great weekend for him. For as tiny as he is, yeah.
1: That's that's gonna be a question for him. And 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 I and I tried, you know, to warn people a little bit, he's J-Okay. But you know, maybe he's a little bit better, maybe he's a little bit worse. But realistically He's JOK and 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 people were like projecting him to be a top ten pick. There's he's it, just not that guy. So I mean, don't get me wrong, he's a good player, but uh, and and five Georgia players tested really well. One of them doesn't matter, and Devontae Wyatt because he's he's as old as I am. But um, I mean, yeah, Georgia Georgia was the Georgia
0: was the story of the combine. And they were unbelievable. It was actually funny though because uh, you know Saturday night. Um, um, and if guys who don't know, uh, Jake Liscow, he's one of the hosts of the Cincinnati Bengals. And it was actually weird, you know, just like it was for us last year. It was a little bit weirder for the Bengals is here as far as getting into draft coverage. He played in the Super Bowl, you're much later to the game. And he's like, Here's a short list of players that I think would be really impactful at 31. And Devontae Wyatt's name was there. And, you know, I'd just say, Oh, so Bengals would be comfortable with him being 24. And he's like, What? And you know, two seconds later, oh Jesus, good Lord. Um, yeah, 24 years old. And you know, look, I mean, you know all props to the kid in the world. I mean, cause the age is working against him. So having a, a monster combine was important, but Devontae Wyatt is appealing as you may think he is, you know, I mean, you're looking at it as a one try, one contract player. And you know, some teams just aren't going to be comfortable with drafting somebody who's 24 years old. Uh, but Pete, you know, <clears throat> whether it was Walker, whether it was Hutchinson. Now keep in mind, Carol Loftus didn't actually do the, you know, the testing numbers did contribute in the field, but Pete, this is a a ridiculous edge class. Everybody thought this going into it. Um, Athletically, it didn't really change anybody's opinions on that. Thibodeau, another one here. This is a, a a special, special group of guys. And, you know, I know everybody wants to get into, you know, oh, you play these games and, you know, you, the good teams, you got to score within the 30s. Sometimes you got to score within the 40s, but you get into these times where you need guys to make plays. And, I'm not saying, you know, you you can get an Aaron Donald at any draft. Um, but what came down to the end of the Super Bowl, Aaron Donald bided his time, hung in there as long as he could. And, you know, once he got his opportunity, he was able to make, you know, a definitive play to close out the ball game. But this is a hell of a group here. And we talked about it a ton. Even if Jadavian Clowney comes back, this is the year you redo the room because it's there, but these guys, I mean, all long, lean, height matches up, uh, athleticism matches up. They all run well. We talked about that with the importance of having to play Mahomes, Lamar, Josh Allen, if you want to get yourself to the top of the AFC. And they didn't disappoint. Well, uh, you know,
1: I, I think the the 40 times, again, the 40s, like we put way too much into, into these as we're happening. So, Um, some of the 40 times were bad, but didn't really matter because, you know, if if you like 10 yard splits, they had good 10 yard splits. I don't really care. I think jumping, I think jumping is a better indicator of your explosive ability because that's literally what you're doing as opposed to a 10 yard split where in some cases it can feel, uh, just a matter of luck slash, uh, just, just the the, the timer, you know, you, you don't know when they're gonna really be able to to hit it correctly so um you' like a guy that you know I don't think anybody's super excited about right now um that that I that I think um may not may not have helped himself this week and may have actually gone down but like Kingsley and Igbarra, I think he ran like a five um which is bad but I think his ten-yard split was something like like right, right in the range, like one six something, like perfectly fine. And I think he jumped well. So for those guys, I don't really care. But um, you know, obviously a guy like Trevon Walker runs a four or five at 272 pounds. I mean, it's it's incredibly athletic. D- David Ajabo running a four six or four five five at, at two hundred and fifty pounds, which is a good weight for him too. Um, those things are are helpful. Um and certainly for their stock. So overall, you got some really, really good athletes. But I think, you know, when it comes to defensive linemen, the 40 is nice. Um, but, you know, you, I think you can get caught up too much. I mean, Joey Bosa was slow um, running the 40, but he was so good at agility and, and, his, and his explosion, it didn't really matter. Um, so I, I think it, it, it's a lot of that is context, but. Um, overall you you saw a really good group of guys um in terms of of what they put out again you know how how realistic was that uh i don't know obviously certainly they guys were moving like even if jordan davis's clock was off by like a quarter of a second it was still a f- phenomenal time given his size and and his weight um but you you got you know you got to see just how sort of impressive how how um, you might see half a dozen guys uh, on that edge group go in the top 15 picks because there's really good players. there. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson um, and Kayvon Thibodeau were like afterthoughts and both (laughs) did everything, you know, you would ask them to do to, to be top uh, top two, top three picks.
0: Yeah. It it was just impressive the way it goes here uh, with, with every one of these guys. Um, And, you know, look, I mean, the more and more, you know, this goes and, you know, players are just obviously with you know so many opportunities, whether you're in high school and, you know, basically being able to hone your craft all year round. And a lot of these guys obviously being, you know, multi-sport athletes, so forever in shape, you know, forever, you know, working on overall conditioning, just getting your body better, getting better, stronger, faster, quicker, all of these things certainly showed here. But, Pete, you know, we've been trying to tell people that wide receiver at 13 and with the, maybe the way the weekend worked out and certainly the way the, you know, the edge position tested as well. Is, is it safe to say it's probably 50, 50 as far as what the Browns would be thinking to do with selection 13? Mm, I I mean,
1: I, at this point, I mean, this has been, those are the two positions. I think that this decision has been between the entire time, uh, I, I'm sure there. I've already heard some people make arguments for Jordan Davis. I don't see it, but um, nevertheless, you, you can throw him in there. Um, right now, I, I'd say it's in favor of defensive lineman um, and defensive end, simply because if um, if Garrett Wilson is off the board before the Browns pick, and, and obviously, look, Drake London's not going to test until April. Traylon Burks is out. You're basically talking. Chris Olave was okay. I mean, the fact that Jordan Davis jumped as high as he did is not a great <laughs> look for him, um, but it's not the end of the world. Um, and then, and then you're, you're 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 trying to talk yourself into a kid who's we're waiting on his knee. Um, and and I'm not going to suggest that's out of the question, but I think the combine sort of highlighted why you might not. Be able to sort of realistically do that, just because there are so many players that are really, really good. So, um, if Garrett Wilson is there, and you know, like a George Karlaftis or, or or David Ajabo or somebody's like that, and they like all three, um, it, it really just comes down to the board. But if you're talking, saying what is more likely to be there that is of the value the Browns would like, um, I, I'm more inclined to say it's going to be
0: an edge rusher. I don't disagree with you, um, you know, because, and again, now, if, if, if the perception is that Garrett Wilson has separated himself from the pact, um, which is certainly possible, and, you know, and, but you, and you lead to these situations where you have an injured Jameson Williams, you have your questions with Drake London, um, you know, and, and Traylon Burks, you know, I, I still think Traylon Burks is going to go in the first round. Um, yeah, think, just not to us. No, and I, I honestly, I think he's going to be a player that goes more in the twenties. I mean, and all of a sudden, you know, the only thing that matched up for Traylon Burks when he got to Indy was the weight. So now you're talking about a player who's a little bit shorter, still carrying the weight. I, I mean, I, I thought that I, I honestly thought he could have probably, you know, a, a little, you know, less weight on his body. Perhaps I think you know it looked, you know, maybe sometimes it's you know what they wear when they're running or whatever. Um didn't overall look great, and then and then you go out and, you know, you test and everything was a little bit, you know, under what was anticipated. Certainly, certainly not something you were hoping for in that scenario um, for a player, you know, of that ilk. Uh, so, that, you know, tough in that regard. Um, but I just think for the bang for the buck, and Pete, I know, you know, George Karloftis for you is, is a guy that you just probably – you can't, physically can't get your name off of. Um can't, I'm sorry, can't get his name out of your mouth, so to speak. And then you get to, you know, Georgia and Trayvon Walker. Look, all of that is impressive. But, you know, when you break it down, and as everybody knows, when we have done this and we've always done this here on Lockdown Browns, as far as you talking about prospects evaluating, it's athleticism, it's tape, it's production, it's age. And Trayvon Walker, for his times where he looks fantastic on the field and does some incredible things. You know, you're talking about drafting a player, you know, at 13 overall. In, in, I don't even think it's 16 sacks career-wise he breaks in his time at Georgia. And a lot of time was played on the inside, which is fantastic, you know, having a guy who could play inside and out. Um, But, you know, this investment would be made with him, you know, being Miles Garrett running mate for five years. And, you know, production-wise, just not sure, you know, that is going to line up comfortably enough for the Browns to say, yeah, that's the guy. Granted, it may not even get to them to even make a decision.
1: Yeah, I think he's gonna go in the top ten. I think it's gonna be that that dynamic of we're we're terrified that that he's not gonna work, but we're also terrified to pass on him um uh, because you don't wanna be the team that passes on him. it becomes, you know, a multiple time all pro or whatever. Athletically he has everything. I mean, he's you know, he, he's not far off from being um Miles Garrett. Realistically he tested as explosive as Jadevian Clowney, as, uh, agile as Joey Bosa and, um, you know, the, that, and and the same size as Miles Garrett, um, that is all well and good, but he has no idea what he's doing rushing the passer and he has no production, which is, you can apply to Jordan Davis too. Neither of them produced at all. That defense was so talented, but they didn't do much. Um, and and that's a problem. I, I think that's ultimately going to hurt Jordan Davis with the Browns, even if other teams don't care. Um, if you subscribe to James Coburn, you saw that his historical comp for Jordan Davis was Paul Solii. Um <laughs> I remember Paul Soli played at Utah and then was I think with the Miami Dolphins, uh, but it just didn't happen in terms of being like a, a good player or you know, great option for that. Um, So Trayvon Walker terrifies me um, from that standpoint, because for that, for those reasons, he could be uh, a guy who figures it out and is otherworldly, And he could be, you know, just an, he could basically be like a Tyson Jackson type where you go number one overall or whatever. And then you come back a few later and you're going, what the hell is this? Like Darko, Darko Milicic. I mean, that's essentially what he is. He's really an NBA draft prospect where he's got all the athletic tools in the world. And now you've just got to teach him to play basketball. Um, that's scary. And I don't think that's, or I should say that that's scary to me. I, I, I don't know if the Browns will necessarily rule him out. Maybe they, they think they can teach him, but um, to me, obviously, you mentioned George Karloftis. Uh, he has production. He, he has you know genuine talent on the field that you can see translating the NFL. I think you can make the same case for David Ajabo. You can make the case, same case for Jermaine Johnson, even though he will not be a Cleveland Brown because he's too old. Um, that's scary stuff with the NFL. You need guys who can come in and play great. And I don't know where Walker or Davis will go. But I'm hoping they both go ahead of the Browns because I don't, because that will just push one of the other guys down. And I don't think either one is of the Browns. In fact, with Davis, if you were to tell me that the Browns completely screw the pooch and don't get enough done at defensive tackle and free agency, and they have to take a defensive tackle because there are two in this draft, two, um, you have to come away with one of them. To me, I think your best play would be if Jordan Davis is sitting there at thirteen. You trade back and then just tr- and take Travis Jones um, with that fr- that first round pick, wherever that is. Personally, I think he's a better nose tackle, um, and his athleticism was unbelievable. The fact that he's as agile as he is, he was he had a seven three 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 cone, which is .05 slower than Traylon Burks, Khalil Shakir, and uh, Jahan Dotson. That's freaky Um, and that's balance. That's your change of direction ability. That's um, that's your hip flexibility. Like that's Jordan Davis is phenomenal. Like he might be juggernaut moving forward, but he doesn't change directions well. And he has a difficult time uh, with pad level at times. Um, To me, uh, Travis Jones is a better overall product for what you want that position to be. And I think he can be more likely More likely, not necessarily guaranteed, to be able to impact all three downs.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, for me, Travis Jones, you know, and I'll feel more comfortable drafting Travis Jones where I can select Travis Jones. Anybody thinking that's going to be a third-round pick, don't even believe that for a second. Uh, Travis Jones very well is probably sniffing top 32 um, in a league that is desperate for nose tackles. It's rare that you get them. Um, through the draft and it looks like this year, you know, whatever you think of Wyatt, but it looks like you're going to be able to get three players on the interior here. Of course, you know, Wyatt, of course, again, will not be, you know, probably even on the Browns board. Um, I'd rather Travis Jones over Jordan Davis. Um, uh, give me the guy that looked like he was excelling. And when everybody on the opposing team said, let's take Travis Jones out of the equation, whereas Georgia, it was you couldn't put your focal point on any certain player on that defense because it was loaded everywhere. Um, you know, it, you know, a team obviously won a national championship. So just interesting in that regard, you know, a ton of stuff here you need to go through. I'm going to talk a little bit of defensive backs. Obviously, the Browns don't have the highest interest. Um in secondary players as much as they do as other spots on their roster. MJ Stewart could uh, hinge on that as well. We're going to talk a little bit about defensive back workouts from Sunday here. Pete Smith in the house with Jeff Lloyd for your latest Locked on Browns. Football may be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both the NBA and, of course, the NCAA as we head to tournament time. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just Olympic and it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC. And of course, they carried you through the Olympic coverage. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends <clears throat> and action. Betonline, where the game starts. So, day four, last day, defensive backs started off a little slow, and this is where the times got a little weird, Pete, because a lot of guys 40 times got adjusted to a lower portion. Cornerback group, a bunch, a bunch of solid guys. If they all want to go top 12, that's fantastic. I'm not sure where the Browns stand in the cornerback market with Denzel Ward, of course with Greg Newsome, of course with Greedy Williams, of course with Hill, of course also with A.J. Green, who had a pretty solid, solid second year. Browns seemed deep in that market. The safety position, M.J. Stewart could, you know, factor here as the Browns have John Johnson the third. The Browns have Grant Output, who you're probably expecting to take a jump here in what will be his second year of on-field action. M.J. Stewart, you know, in the balance. Richard LeCount on the roster. So there could be, you know, obviously some interest in the safety market here. But Pete, you saw some of these guys. And all the talk for Sauce Gardner, the size – Um, the 40 time got adjusted to where it's certainly a livable time, certainly a player that the Browns won't have interest in, but an extremely just smooth, smooth prospect at what he does.
1: Yeah. I don't know that I learned anything from the DB day. Um, (laughs) all they did was forties. Um, a a couple guys did jumps, a couple, one got one corner did agility. Um, I, I, I don't know that you can really rule anyone out. Or in, I mean, I think the biggest to- takeaway for most people was was getting arm lengths on some of these guys, um, and people being very concerned about um, arm length for uh, for, for Stingley. Um, I, the, the position I would like the Bronx to address is certainly safety. It's somewhere in this in this draft. I don't know what that necessarily you know means in terms of where you get them, but. Um, I, I I don't have a lot of faith in Richard LeCount and, and the Browns need to get um, more depth. If MJ Stewart is going to go from that pr- primary depth guy to to starter, they need somebody else in the pipeline just for the sake of uh, having depth, but also developing them for the future. So, um,
0: so you're saying I, Nick Cross, I, right?
1: Yeah, I mean he had a great day. Um, I, I don't know that how, how, how great of a fit he is. Um, He seems more of a linebacker than a safety, but he was, he had a great, a great workout. Um, And and he's, his age is right. Like I think he's barely 21. Uh, You know, there's some other guys like Lewis sign was a guy, you know, he's the Georgia defender. I like the most. Um, And not that I expected the Browns to be able to get him. I absolutely didn't but uh, I think he, he had, he helped himself quite a bit. Um, I like Percy Butler from uh, Louisiana Lafayette as sort of a late round guy. Um, He didn't jump very well, but he, he did run fast. So I don't know what that means at this point, but he's a guy who plays slot who can play deep safety. doesn't really tackle, but he can play special teams. Um, This, this, the safety class is pretty good. And there's probably going to be an opportunity somewhere to sort of make the most of that, and, and, and a value is going to present itself, and hopefully the Browns can capitalize on a good one. Um, I don't know that anyone, yeah. You know, like I said, I don't know that anyone surprised me. The guy that I think has sort of gone under the radar that I that I think is pretty good um, and, and worth keeping an eye on is is uh, Smoke Monday from Auburn. Um, he he's got. Unique length. He did shrink. He's not six three. He's like six one and a half. But um, he's a guy. Obviously, he's an intimidating hitter. Uh, kept getting thrown out of games because of targeting, which great doesn't exist in the NFL. Um, so th- he's another one that I think is interesting, especially if you want a little bit more of a, a hefty uh, in, in terms of hitting. Anyway, a guy who can play in the box and in those type of things. Um, so. Did I, like I said, I didn't come away with anything. Where I'm sitting there going, man, uh, I, I, you know, I have to go back and check the tape on this guy, or I have to go back and or I have to cross off this guy. Um, everybody, like, except for one corner from Virginia Tech, everybody ran fast and Waller. Um, yeah, so I mean, it almost—I
0: like, felt bad, like it was like four seven two, and it was like, oh man, just pack up and go home, because I mean, it it literally looked, you know, it looked like the dad who could still compete with his son and his friends, and it was like, oh no, 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 no. no.
1: Yeah, so I mean, like, uh, if, if if I guess if, if anything to take away from DB Day um was just that there are a good number of them that are going to be available. I, I'm still a little bit dubious about how deep corner goes. Um, I, I think that may have an impact in how teams approach the first round, um, trying to get the first couple rounds. I think teams may need to get corners earlier out of worry that they're going to avoid uh, get, get left out um, later, but safety I think has pretty good depth all the way through.
0: Now, uh, you know, I I put out something, I I guess it was Saturday or it was Sunday. Now here, you know, as far as, you know, where the Browns have been shopping for two years, as far as, you know, players they've been drafting, 15 players drafted in the Andrew Berry regime, you know, six players were SEC players, three from the Big Ten, two Pac-12, one Big 12, Notre Dame, if you want to call it ACC, one whatever, AAC, one player, Conference USA, a player like Tariq Wooten-Pete. Now, obviously coming from Texas, San Antonio, certainly, you know, does not have – you know the experience against you know the big names, um, and I'm not saying he's necessarily a Browns fit. So let's not you know nobody think that for this sake. But here you take Pete, such an anomaly at six foot four. They they call him a corner. If he's a corner, will he stay at corner? You know, definitely strange to stay at corner at that size. Um, you know, and obviously Kyle Hamilton, the only other player, kind of similar in stature at being six foot four, you know, all the athletic traits in the world, a lot of work to be done. So with a player like that, you got to be careful as to, you know, drafting him, you know, as the athlete that he is without necessarily knowing if it's ever going to translate into any NFL success.
1: Well, I mean, the, 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 the guy that jumps out at me at at me, and and I can't think of his name is the kid that the, the Ravens took in the third round last year, out of a small school, that tested really, really fast, um, and was super productive. Uh, what I, you know, the the fact that Andrew Berry has largely stayed at Power Five schools, I don't know how much of that is a product of the pandemic. Um, when they didn't have a combine, the Browns took every player. The Browns took was. Uh, the, the first year, everybody was at the combine, and the second year, they just sort of stayed with bigger schools. And that may just be, have been about getting, being able to get reliable information or whatever. I, I, I don't know how much of that to, to sort of be like, this is how they operate versus this is just circumstances. I think we're going to sort of continue to learn on that. Um, Harrison Bryant out of Florida Atlantic. Is certainly a smaller school, but they also have sort of a, a guy who could make sure that they've got in, reliable information. And having uh, Chris Kiffin, who whose brother at that time, uh, Lane Kiffin, was the head coach down there. So is it is it a, a thing where the Browns just prefer going bigger schools? Maybe. I think this year is probably going to be a better barometer for that um, just because now we had a, a, a more normal year, a more normal combine, and how does that sort of impact how they how they uh, address the draft this year. Um, so, like, a guy I think that's going to be really a a, a popular guy for a, a potential fit for the Browns is Isaiah Likely, the tight end of Coastal Carolina. Coast of Carolina didn't play anybody. Um, but he's a tremendous fit in terms of the molds of tight ends the Browns really like. Um, uh, under Andrew Berry, both as the GM and then when he was working under Sashi Brown, they've added four rookie tight ends. Two of them were former Ivy League wide receivers, and two of them were receiving guys that they taught how to block. Isaiah, likely, is a guy who just kills people in space, and you're going to have to teach him how to block. Uh, because he's been largely receiver, that sort of fits what the Browns like to do. Do they are they going to care that he played at Coastal? I doubt it. Uh, but that's what I'm sort of curious to see: is how does that work this year? Um, Sky Moore is, is probably going to be a really popular option for the Browns as a fit in the second round, um, especially if the Browns end up do, taking a edge rusher in the first round. And even if they don't, I mean, if they they could take Garrett Wilson. and People are still going to love the idea of taking Sky more. Um, Western Michigan, do they care that he played in the MAC? I, I don't know that that's going to matter that much, but this is sort of an interesting test case. It's, it's, let's get that information to find out if that's really a thing or not.
0: Uh, player Pete is talking about from the Ravens, Brandon Stevens, cornerback from SMU. So yes. just to be able to fill in that blank, guys. Freaky, that-
1: freaky athlete, and he was super productive, but he was sort of a project.
0: And, you know, ended up playing a lot more for the Ravens last year than probably they anticipated with all the injuries they had. Pete, some business to be done here today, though. Um, You know, David Njoku, obviously, uh, Browns fans, the Browns, David Njoku, everybody seems like they are all on board for this happening. Um, Do you put the tag on him by tomorrow just to be safe and say, you know, look, you know, here it is. You know, obviously we have all intents and we want to make this work. um, But, you know, we can't get caught essentially holding the bag here.
1: Yeah, I expect if if they can't get it done, they're going to tag him not because they want to actually use the franchise tag and sign him to it, but just merely as a placeholder to make sure they can get that 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 uh long-term deal done. The Browns don't seem to want to be a team that sort of holds team, holds players hostage. Um they want volunteers. Um but at the same time I don't think they want to put themselves in a position where where David Njoku can go elsewhere. Uh and and I and I, you know, I, as much as I don't think David would like to be have the franchise tag placed on. him. I think he may take it in stride to the extent that he sort of understands where this is going to go. Understanding that this is going to lead to the deal he ultimately wants. And I presumably, he still wants that to be with the Browns. Um, He's been lobbying for it. So I I think it will not bother him so much as long as it ends up being the means to the end. He
0: he wants. Uh. And look, with Najoku, I, I, you know, all the signs are here and everything, you know, I mean, I, I'm assuming at this point and the things I've heard are all positive. They're all promising. Everybody's on board. Everybody wants to get this done. And from you know, what I'm hearing, it's just more of, you know, basically crossing T's, dotting I's and, you know, applying money here, applying money there. But for all intents and purposes, Dave Najoku, this is going to get done. This will get done. Um, Was it leave for the rest of the tight end room that. Leads to some other questions, and we'll certainly see how that all plays out. Uh, we've covered a ton here today as the Combine is closed. we got a bunch coming in here this week, you know, talking Combine here, starting to set up a Browns draft board uh, as we are sitting here on March 6th, uh, March 6th, March 7th, as we're sitting here March 7th. Uh, You know, with the last weekend in April, the NFL draft commencing, free agency about to kick off here shortly. A lot going on here. Uh, If you enjoy the NFL offseason, this is your time. Wake up, get ready, kids. Jump in the pool, water's warm. Um, So a lot to do here over, you know, the next, I guess that would put it at about six to seven weeks between now and the NFL draft. A lot of, a lot of guys to talk about. Um, a lot of guys that we'll talk about. Pete and I will tell you a great fist for the Baltimore. I mean, for the Cleveland Browns, and they'll end up being a Baltimore Raven, Pittsburgh Steeler, Cincinnati Bengal. You can book it. You can book it year in, year out. That's the way it seems to go. Um, so we just, you know, we continue here. You know, banter about it. You know, give you guys best information that you know we have. Um, get you guys more informed and be as ready for possible, you know, for the NFL draft as possible. The way we do it here. What we love covering the draft. This is basically the emphasis how this show got off his feet. So we'll continue to do that here. He is Pete Smith, Browns Digest, Sports Illustrated.com. Make sure you're checking everything out. A bunch of information already coming out today. will come out through the week here as far as, you know, uh, players from the NFL Combine, players who should have, you know, the Browns brass should have their eyes on. Of course, you know, looking towards free agency, the Browns handling their own free agents, the Browns, you know, what their intentions might be for free agents uh, from other teams. So check all that out on Browns Digest. Uh, The podcast will return this week for Pete's sake, Nicole back in the booth here. So Pete, Nicole, I'm sorry. No, actually, we're going to get a uh, Jake Burns this week. No, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jake Burns will jump in this week for Nicole as she's uh, vacationing. So for Pete's sake, check out, keep your eyes out for this this week uh, as Jake Burns joins Pete Smith on that. Um, Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore throw a follow over there. Show itself at locked on Browns, follow back account. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open, questions, ideas. Go ahead and flood the DMs. You guys know you're more than welcome to. Uh, we get to, you know, basically go off the road here a little bit during the offseason here. Uh, make the coverage a little bit more specified to exactly what you guys want as opposed to, you know, the overall, you know, in week, in season type of information that we've grown accustomed to uh, in the regular season here. Uh, the show itself, Locked On Browns. We appreciate everybody. Who makes us your first listen day in day out? Whatever podcast platform you use, make sure you're following or subscribe to the show. Five star ratings, written reviews, always again greatly appreciated. Um, and I said we're gonna get we got to a tone here talking about you know maybe the, the way the combine was essentially run this weekend. A little bit of a disappointment. Uh, certainly need to get that cleaned up to put these players in the best. Possible scenario to, you know, perform their best, which is what it all comes down to. Talking about the defensive line, talking about the secondary, some other things that came out over the weekend of the workouts. Um, And with that, we're going to put a bow on this one here. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the L Let's go Browns.